<laughs> no one likes striking out, am I right? I mean, no one wants to lose. We all want to win. We want to be on the winning team. And man, when I think about the last seven years at Miles City Church and our family of churches, man, have we seen God show off and win. We have seen him run some amazing plays and we've celebrated so much. We've had our fair share of losses too and we've, we've grown from those losses. We've been strengthened. But man, have we seen God show off some serious, serious wins. And when I think about the next seven years, I don't know about you, but uh, I want to see those wins keep happening. I, 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 when I think about us being in the game of life as a church, I, I just I get excited about how is God going to keep showing off his amazing plays? You know, he's given us a strategy. Uh, any healthy church bases their mission off of the Great Commission, which is go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so our way of saying that at Miles City has been helping people move towards God, or at the Trails Church is helping people discover who Jesus is. Same thing. Very, very simple statements, but very, very hard to do. Very, very hard to pull off. And so you have to have a vision that wraps around the mission. And so our vision throughout the years it's shifted. You know, our lineup has changed. You know, our strategy, our playbook has changed a little bit about, you know, how do we be the most effective to reach people in our city? And uh, a couple years ago, God gave me a vision for Mile City, for our churches, of what it would look like if we're going to stay healthy, if we're going to keep winning, that we need to be churches that are share, shape, sending type churches. To, you know, when you look at, you know, here we are in the middle of the cornfield, you know, the, the field of dreams, you know, you got, you got share on first base, then you go to, to shape on second, and then you go all the way to third to be ascending church, to send them on home so that we can see more and more people hitting home runs for Jesus. But let's be real. Like, why? Like, why do this? Like, why be ascending church? When you think about being a sending church and all that it takes and the investment and the energy and raising up people and sending people out that you love and, you know, all the bittersweet things that come with sending, it's like, why spend so much energy and time doing that? And then, like, why shape? Like, seriously, like, why go, you know, you know like, you need anything else on your plate to keep sharpening and, you know, doing all the conditioning, not just physical training, but spiritual training, trying to look more like Jesus or waking up early to meet with your men's coaching group or your, or your women's coaching group or, or pushing yourself to be a part of community because you don't want to do it alone. Like, you know, like we're, we're, we all are so busy and have so much like, like why do that? It can be so exhausting or, or why share? Why care about others? Why serve people? Why, why, why uh, put yourself in maybe some nervous or awkward situations or, or maybe you feel like you're, you're, you're going to get made fun of or maybe you feel like you're going to get ridiculed or put out as an outcast if you're going to share the message. Like, why do these things? Like, why keep playing? Why not just forfeit the game and just sit on the bench and just live life? Why? Why do we be a share, shape, centric? Why do we keep playing in the game? Why? Well, because our season's on the line. And not just any season, but the season of our life is on the line. The season of our eternity is on the line. There's literally trophies on the line. 
because we understand that there's a real opponent that's trying to win, that's trying to take us down, and we don't want our opponent to win. Because guess what? Our opponent, he's good. The enemy's good. He is a great deceiver. He is a great liar. He is a great recruiter, and his lineup is unlimited. He tries to lure in as many people as possible, and not just any people. These people are your friends. These people are your family members. These people are your kids. These people are your neighbors. These people are your coworkers. And he tries with all that he can to lure them away, to get them on his team. And every time you jump on the enemy's team, the opponent's team, guess what? You lose. You lose every stinking time. And he has a way of distracting people away. He has a way of numbing people enough, enough to make them lose all the way until it's too late. And so we stay in the game because we know that we have a God who pursues, who chases, who recruits, who has an unlimited lineup as well and is drawing people like your neighbors, like your coworkers, like your family, like your friends, like your children. And when you sign up for his team, when you sign the contract to get on his team, Look out, victory is guaranteed. You always win. And so, and so as a church, we want to step out into the field still. We want to get our clothes dirty. We want to get our hands dirty. We want to be ready to receive anything that the enemy throws at us and be willing to step up to the plate and swing with all we got so that we can see more and more people running home to Jesus. And so, as we talk about share, shape, send, today I just want to focus on the concept of us being a church that's a share church, to be a church that is focused on getting on first. I know sometimes you just maybe want to hit a home run or hit a double or hit a triple, but the most important thing, especially in baseball, is you got to get on first. Nothing else happens unless you hit first. We have to be a church that is willing, that is striving to get on first. And there's many different ways that you can get on first. You can hit a line drive. You can awkwardly bunt it. You can walk, you can get hit by the pitcher. Whatever it takes, we have to be a church that strives to get on to first. And what's really interesting is that sometimes when it comes to sharing, when it comes to sharing the gospel, the moment that we receive Jesus, we're required to share Jesus. But the enemy, our opponent, wants to make it seem like the gospel message is complicated for us to share, so don't share it at all. But here's, here's the truth. The gospel message isn't complicated. He's made it very, very clear. It's complicated to hear it and receive it, but it's not complicated to speak it. Let me say that again. It's complicated to receive it, but it's not complicated to speak it. You know, when you see, you know, uh, coaches trying to communicate with their players and they're giving like these signals, you know, all over the place, you're like, what are they trying to say? It could be kind of complicated to receive the, the signals. God has given us a playbook that's so clear for us to share. And so we need to be people that are equipped. And I wonder, I wonder with our team of people, with our family and our church, are we all ready to literally step up to the plate when it's time and to share the message? Do you have the gospel in your mind and at the tip of your tongues ready to share with others? And whether you're, you know, extroverted or introverted, all of us, no matter how we're wired, 
can share in our own way how God has gifted and designed us. And so for the remainder of the time, I want to share with you a very simple approach that we've talked about and shared as a church from the very beginning of time. There's many different ways to share your faith, but this is a a method, a playbook that is so great. It's an acronym that I hold in my brain at all times, and sometimes I share the entire thing. Sometimes I share just a part of it. It just depends on the play, and when it's time, I'm just ready to share. And so when it comes to that, you're going to see on the screen um, a QR code where you can download this acronym. And my challenge for you for, you know, the rest of this fall season, I I want to encourage you to download it onto your phone as a wallpaper so it will remind you to share whenever God allows you the opportunity to share. It's so and so important. Now, Before we share, it's so, so important, and please hear me clearly. Before we share, we must be a team that always asks permission. We're never going to share the message of the gospel and the good news of Jesus in a fanatical way or standing on the street corners or trying to blast it or force it into people's faces. We need to be people that do it with tact and class and love, with grace and with truth. And so it's so important to ask people permission. And, you know, and, you know, we ask questions, we, we get to know people, we ask, you know, what do they think? We, we bring up current events like movies or things that are happening in the world or, or even baseball or you bring up sports like, man, it's always good to, you know, to win. And then you, you transition that like, hey, besides winning in football or winning in baseball, have you figured out the way how to win in life when you leave this earth? What do you think happens when you leave this earth? And then you hear what they have to say. You hear their opinion of what they've discovered and, and you don't just write it off just getting ready to share what you want to share. You receive it and you, and you and try to find things to admire about what they've shared. And then after they've shared what they've shared, then you ask, can I share with you what I've discovered? Is it cool with you if I share what I've discovered? And then they'll either say yes or no. And if they say yes, then now you have permission to share the gospel acronym. And so if they give you permission and they say yes, then you start with the bad news. I always say there's good news and bad news. And so here's the bad news first. And we say that God created us to be with him. There is a creator of the universe that loves you so much that created us and wants a real relationship. All of this this behind us, all of this, this creation is not just by accident. Even the science behind us is in our human, as human beings, like the, the, the science in our heart, we know so much about the heart, but yet they still don't know what it actually ignites the heart to start. I mean, it's unbelievable. There has to be something behind it all. And so you talk about there's a creator that started it all and loves you. And then you say, listen, God loved you so much that, that, uh, that he didn't want to just create us as robots. And, and so he created us with the ability to choose to love him or not to love him. And so therefore there was sin that entered into the world. And our sin, we've all messed up. We've all, we've all fallen short. We, we've all missed the mark. That has separated us from God. And so because God is so holy and perfect and righteous, he can't have anything to do with sin. And so we as humans have literally been separated. So you literally have you know, God over here and us over here. And there's this gap that has separated us between God. And man. And so that's a problem. And then so for thousands of years before the beginning of time, in the beginning of time, 
We as humans have been trying to figure out how to cancel out that sin problem. And one of the greatest false teachings that's out there that the enemy, our opponent, has used is that you can earn your way to clean up your sin, that, that you can literally be good enough to cancel out your sin. And so people have tried to be, I'm good enough here, I'm good enough here, I'm going to be a good enough person here, good, 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 good. And if I'm good enough, then God will just let me swing on in through the pearly gates. And that's just a flat out lie. You cannot be good enough. Sins cannot be erased by good deeds. And so then you stop there. That's the bad news. And then you let them know, can I share with you now the good news? And then you tell them the good news is that 2,000 years ago, God loved us so much, saw the problem, wanted to fix it, paying the price for our sin, Christ died for us. The P, paying the price for our sins. Christ died for us, but it didn't stop there. You have to, it's important to share the next part. But then he rose again, proving that he truly was God. We talk about the resurrection, that literally, if it wasn't for the resurrection, you wouldn't be listening to this video right now. We wouldn't celebrate seven years as a church because the resurrection, if it wasn't for that, this would all be pointless. As Paul reminds us, it would all be in vain. The resurrection changed everything, and I challenge people all the time, if you have questions about faith and it's so hard for you to believe, get that question answered first. Because if Jesus truly rose from the dead, then we better pay attention to what he said. If Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead, then we better pay attention to what he said. And then the scripture tells us that e, everyone who trusts in him alone will be saved. And, and all of these, um, all of these uh, acronyms, all of these letters, there's verses that go along with each of them. And it's good to memorize some of them. One of them is a really, maybe one that you memorized as a kid, I don't know, or memorize this now if you don't have it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, it's offered to all, come to my team, come on my team, whoever believes in him, not behaves, believes in him, will have everlasting life. It's by faith and trust alone that we can be saved, that we believe that Jesus is truly God and that he rose from the dead to pay the penalty for our sin, restoring the gap, creating a bridge so now man and woman can get to God. It's unbelievable. And then it says that L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Your life can truly begin now. It doesn't say that your life is going to be easier and that's just going to be a walk in the park, but it does say that your life will start now in the sense that it will be better. You will have the joy and the peace that can only come from the Lord because his Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us when we put our trust in him and it lasts forever and no one can take that away from you. And so you share that acronym. I mean, you could literally read that word for word, have that memorized, and then you fill in the blank in between the acronym with your heart, with your passion. And then you ask them, does that make sense to you? And sometimes in those moments, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then you ask the question, well, if that makes sense for you, then what's keeping you from receiving Jesus in your life right now? And maybe they're like, nothing. Well, then in that moment, you can pray with them right there to receive Jesus as their king, as their savior. Now, sometimes you'll be like, well, does that make sense to you? And they'll be like, well, parts of it. 
but parts of it don't make sense to me and parts of it I struggle with. Well, what parts are there? Well, when you said this about our sins separate us from God, it's like, I just, that, that just, I don't like that part. Well, let's talk about that. And then a lot of times people will start asking you questions and you could start to begin to fear because you might not know the answer. The enemy, our opponent, loves to use this. He loves to use that if you don't know it all, then don't say anything at all. If you don't know it all, then don't say anything at all. And that is a dangerous thing because you still need to share what you do know. Listen, no one likes to know it all. And so every time people ask me questions that I don't know, I just say, you know, that's a really good question. I don't claim to have all the answers, but here's the answers I do know, but I'm going to get back to you. And I always encourage the 24-hour rule. I'm going to do my best to find the answer to that question, and I'll get back to you. And then it's always important, too, along the journey, is not only sharing the message of the truth to speak out the gospel, to speak out the message of the truth, but then to share your story of transformation. When you share God's story, make sure that you share your story. It's so important because people need to see the transformation that has happened in your own life. What would change in our city? What would change in our church if all of us as players on the team were more willing to step up to the plate, to blow through the awkwardness, to blow through the nervousness, to blow through the fear, and to have the courage to step up to the plate and try to get on first. Just to, to do whatever it takes, to make an attempt to get on to first. Even if it's a clumsy bunt, whatever it is, but we make the attempt to, can I share with you? So over the next year, here's a challenge that I'm putting out to our church. My hope is that our team, not just staff, not just city group leaders, not just elders, not just the leaders, but everyone of all ages, from seniors to students to kids to young adults to middle age, that all of us would step up to the plate and be willing to share. And what would change in our church if over the next year we saw 700 attempts at bat to share our faith? What would change in our city? What would change in our church if we all took that more seriously and had that on the forefront of our minds and on the tips of our tongues. And so we're going to measure that. And every week at Mile City, you're going to have an opportunity to share your sharing stories. And we're going to measure that throughout the year in a really fun, unique way that you'll get to see at each of our locations in the coming weeks. And, uh, and, and here's the deal. Getting on first and sharing is not just sharing the gospel with someone and them receiving and praying Jesus there, okay? Getting on first is not just sharing part of the G-O-S-P-E-L. Getting on first is the attempt. And we're going to measure the attempts because when we are a church that asks this question, I want to see this question asked more and more and more. Can I share with you? Can I share with you? my faith. When we all ask that question more, that's an attempt. And if you get a no, that still gets you on first. Our hope is to see so many attempts for all of us to get on first so that we can keep sending more and more people home to Jesus, to run home to Jesus. Because come on, I mean, who doesn't want to see more of this? Right? Think about it. Us stepping up to the plate, winding up, and 
just swinging, whether we hit it or not, but then when we hit the sound of the crack of the bat, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's gone. And we see more and more people, people that we love, people we know, people we don't know, running home to Jesus for their hope, for their purpose, for their life, for their eternity. I mean, sign me up for more of that. And maybe as you're listening and watching, you know, if you're honest, you've never received that message yet. You've never received the gospel message for your own life. It's been in one ear and out the other. And I just want to say, what are you waiting for? Why do you want to be on the losing team? Why are you, snap out of the opponent, the enemy, trying to deceive you and, and persuade you? Because you know what? It could be too late for you. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And just know, he, I hope you heard that gospel message. And the, the owner of the universe, the owner of the baseball team, of the world is trying to recruit you to sign your life over to him because he loves you and he wants to save you. And if you've never signed your life over to Jesus, then let this be the day. Wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, you can just say this prayer to him, make it real in your own heart and just say, God, I believe you are the creator. I know I'm a sinner and it separated me from you but I believe you came and sent your son Jesus to die for me and to rise again for me. And so right now I put my faith and trust in you and I receive you, Jesus, to be the king of my life. And as you continue to pray, if you meant that, you made that into your own words and you declared that for yourself, don't doubt it, that you will never perish now, but now you'll have life that begins now and lasts forever. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be on your team, to, to allow us to be a part of what you're doing, to be a part of your amazing plays. God, we want to see more and more wins. Help us to be a church that's healthy, that is a share-shaped sending church that always has the focus of seeing more and more people running home to you and doing whatever it takes to do that. And so thank you for all the wins, and we praise you and give you glory for all the future wins that we will see as a church family. We pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Well, listen, if you made a decision to sign up on Team Jesus, then I just want to beg you to not walk alone, to tell someone, to get a part of a local church if you're watching from afar, to text us to let us know so we can celebrate with you and answer any questions that you might have.